Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is a CEO of 4.5, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee-based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey guys, uh, thank you for tuning in today. Um, as you can see, I have a guest today who I'll introduce shortly. But um, uh, yesterday, I've come across this exceptional industry report, and there's not a lot of property management-specific research and data out there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some, but not on a single family and up to fourplex, right? So duplex, triplex, fourplex. Um, so here's the data and the opportunity size that exists right now in our industry. So off the roughly, and I got this off, off the iceberg report, uh, of the roughly 22 million uh, single family and fewer than four unit um, uh, rental units out there in America, 14.3 million or 65% are self-managed right now wow. by, yeah, by the investor or landlord. So this offers a vast opportunity for about 32,000 small um small management companies out there in the US right now. I know Tony you in Canada we'll talk about that in in a second, but in my estimation and you know I've spent some time in Australia, spoke to a lot of Australian property management companies and tech companies that service property managers, you know their breakout is 80 20, 80% of properties are managed professionally. So, you know, my my in my estimate because of various economic factors as well as you know so uh, um social factors like, you know, people you know, millennials don't want to buy, you know, a single family home with a white picket fence. They want to move where the jobs are and rentals are sort of in high demand. So because of that, um, I estimate within the next five years, about 8 million of these single family and fourplex and below households, excuse me, rental units will move under professional management. 8 million, which is essentially doubling the uh, the, man- the professional management inventory you have today and so the opportunity is vast and, and the most important chasm i think as an industry we need to cross is we need to establish trust i've been talking about this you know everywhere but we need to establish trust between the landlord investors and the professional management right now this trust is sort of with the technology and you know the education out there it's sort of kind of the bridge is being built but it's still a chasm and hopefully with this podcast and and, and future episodes i'm going to help you guys bridge that chasm and take advantage of the opportunity but first you truly have to do bring yourself and your team in balance and you know every single fault of the organization in my opinion starts at the top right Every single thing can be essentially traced to the top. Somebody the CEO said, somebody the director, something the director did that was just, you know, that that just caused this this butterfly effect, right? And so if the leadership is off balance, the team will never reach its potential. And, you know, my own leadership team, John specifically, had to remind me time and time again, Alex, your mood affects the team. Stop, you you know, you come in, you had a fight with your wife, guess what happens? 
you know, everybody else is on edge, you know, and that just reflects in the whole organization. And if, if that continues, uh, um, you know, it could destroy the, uh, your dream and everybody else's dream of working with you. But how do you keep yourself honest? Well, here's the thing. I have a guest today. Um, I'm going to introduce Tony, Tony LeBlanc. He is uh, an immensely successful property management entrepreneur, and he made a choice to make himself on balance, himself and his team. And it helped his team grow and thrive. And and you know what? I want to give Tony a, a, a opportunity to, to introduce himself because I'm impressed with his background. Tony, how are you today? I'm doing great, Alex. Man, how are you doing? It's great to have you, my man. So t- tell us yeah. a little bit about Tony. Sure, love to. Uh, so as you said, my name is Tony Leblanc. I am from Eastern Canada, uh, down in New Brunswick. So way I think you guys are up in California. So we're on the other side of the country. Yep. Um, I own and operate uh, a property management company with uh, three different locations, uh, one in Moncton, New Brunswick, one on Prince Edward Island, and one in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, We've been in business now for about uh, going on our eighth year, but I I was actually, before that, uh, I was actually born into the business. My mother ran a property management company my entire life. So from zero to 16, we actually lived in an apartment building where we were resident managers. So I grew up uh, collecting rents, mowing the lawn, sweeping the hallways, hearing the complaints, hearing the fights, uh, just about everything there was to see. Probably before the age of 16, I had seen it all, fires, floods, uh, the whole thing. Immediately, uh, my first choice wasn't property management. So thankfully, I got into uh, technology after school uh, and did about a 15-year tenorship at IBM as a software engineer. Um, but after that, uh, the traveling started to weigh pretty pretty hard on me, and uh, I knew that I wanted to go back to my roots. Uh, I had been investing in real estate the whole time. I had some rental properties that my mother took care of, and uh, I called her one night and said, listen, I'm ready. Um, I think I'm going to open up my own shop. It took me about a year to figure out exactly how I wanted to position it, and what I wanted to build. And then uh, we built it, and I think within you know the first couple of years, we went from nothing to probably like a 1,000 units in under two years. Wow. And it was just kind of uphill trend from there, and we haven't stopped. What have you, what do you think has caused the, this sort of a quick, you know, a quick rise in properties and business for you, you know, coming out of nothing? I mean, starting with yep. nothing or very little. Yep. For us, the the fact that we so I live in a city where about 150,000 people so pretty small pretty small place um, luckily we had a lot of contacts so I started the business by myself from my basement as I was working at IBM when I was home I got up to about 100 units on my own simply by calling a few realtor friends saying listen I'm starting this business do you know anybody that needs any help literally within probably a month or two I had 100 units and then basically my next call was to my mother saying, help, <laughs> this thing is growing way too fast. And then basically I hired and recruited my partner that's still with me today. And really it was the relationships that we both had and the connections that we knew in town that it was actually quite easy for us. We literally just had to pick up the phone and start calling these people, letting them know that we're in business. And we had the reputation as kind of being, you know, we're good guys, we're honest, we're trustworthy. And it was just a snowball effect from there. So your advice is call everybody. Yeah. Yep. Network. This business, we're in a people business, whether if it's owners, tenants, vendors, employees, trades. 
it's 100% a people business. So I often tell one of my other guys that runs our other office, I'm like, you're never going to get new business by sitting in your office. Like you need to go out and meet every realtor in town, everybody that's dealing with multi units or in the rental business. Like you got to go face to face and, and meet and connect and create these relationships. It might not happen tomorrow, but you could get a call six months down the road saying, you know, listen, I'm going to connect you or I got this property or whatever. Yeah. So I, you know, I find this, this is very useful and, and, you know, being out of the office, it's a, it's a balance just like anything else. And we're going to speak about balance, but you know, you have to, you know, so presenting your, your business, you have to be first of all, confident that you can deliver the solution, but also yep. as a, as an individual, you have to be centered. You have to be balanced. You have to be confident, not, you know, not overly confident, but just confident in your abilities and abilities yep. of your company. So let's talk about that journey. I mean, specifically, you said something in a pre-interview with Nitu that, um, you know, you feel that the property management is, is currently off balance. Let's, can you define yes. that for us? Yep. Absolutely. I've, I've connected with a lot of local property managers, let's say in Eastern Canada. I've, and I've been communicating with a lot and seeing a lot of activity online with a lot of property managers. The thing that stands out the most is when you hear or read or study this industry, you, you kind of hear the same trends all over the place. It's very chaotic. It's a stressful business. It, there's a lot of negativity out in the world with property management. And a lot of it, unfortunately, comes from property managers as well. I think the biggest reason for that, and I've seen it in my office personally and firsthand, if if a property manager, we all know that this business is stressful, it can be chaotic, you have you can have a hundred things come to you at once and you need to be able to deal with that. If you're in a position of weakness to where you're having issues at home, where your body physically you're you're unfit or you're unhealthy, you have health issues. Um, for some people, if you're not spiritually connected or you're not, you know, I'm not saying anything about religious, but if you don't have some greater, you know, aspect or view on things, um, and if you're not clear about where your business is going or what you're doing or having some sort of sole purpose, it makes the day-to-day grind that much harder. That's what I was going to ask you. Sorry, the purpose. Um, how does a purpose play into, to what you just mentioned? I think at the end of the day, for me to come in every day at work, I need to know where I'm going and where this all comes from. Um, I had a huge, we had a year, our yearly staff meeting with my staff the other day, and I, I showed to them basically my two-year roadmap because we had been growing so fast, and a lot of them weren't quite sure what was going on or where we were going. And I explained to them my purpose and, and what this was all for. And I explained to them the importance, okay, where we wanted to grow over the next three or four years. But at the end of the day, I, I showed them a stat that kind of blew everybody away. I'm like, in the last year, we've housed almost 2,000 families. Mm, love that, yeah. 2,000 families have relied on us, a staff of 25, to take care of their homes, their futures, their children, their safety. Like, this is this is real. This is real life. We, we, we take for granted every day that we're just pushing paper, we're moving people in, we're answering calls. But we deal with one of the most precious things for people is their homes, right? So for, for me, the purpose is, is really to provide that exceptional experience for everybody that we come across, whether if it's an owner, we're protecting their investments, and whether if it's a tenant, whether if it's a vendor, I want my vendors to think we are the best company to deal with. We pay on time, 
we, you know, we don't give them hassles and as well as my employees. Yeah, I'm with you. So it, you remind me a little bit in, in this mindset of Lisa Wise. I don't know if you've uh, come across her. She's a property management company in Washington, D.C. And she... Yes. I watched, I listened to the podcast, yeah. Uh, you, you, you're the man, man. Yeah. You're, uh, yeah, you're, you're great. I appreciate that. Yeah, so so she she leads with empathy, right? That's yep. that's sort of very, very interesting. And the purpose is, and, and I, I, I totally honest, I'm very surprised that a lot of uh, property management uh, entrepreneurs I speak with who are sort of like think of property management as necessary evil. <laughs> Right? That's, it's like that, tenants oh, specifically. Horrible. Tenants are like tenants is this, this pesky entity that that needs <laughs> that needs you know that needs just to be boxed in and and yeah. collected rent from. Um, and yep. guys, you're listening right now. You know who you are. Um, and, <laughs> I mean, most of us are like this because every you know, it'll get to you. Like every day, these he's like, oh, these people are so stupid. Well, in reality, you know, probably 0.05 percent of people are stupid. You just that those are the ones you hear from, and they're not really stupid. And usually, it's just some significant you know. When you have, I mean, think about it. If your sister has cancer and you just found out, right? God forbid, you know, uh, you know, and you have a problem with your toilet, you know, mm-hmm. that will just, you know, empathy on the other end will help. But if there's no empathy on the other end, you can go off. And yeah. and uh, you know, I, I'm not being stupid. I just had this life changing event mm-hmm. that you know. Um, so with, I, with I, that, I, I, I'm 100 connected with that with your purpose. Yeah, the whole tenant versus owner. We had a major. When I started the company, it was all about the owner because I had to figure out, I'm like, how are we going to make a difference with these owners? And that, that worked well with the first few, you know, during the first few years. But we shifted last year with a focus more towards the tenant because at the end of the day, our ability to get owners starts and stops with our abilities to attract good tenants. If I cannot keep a good tenant in any of my buildings because of the lack of service or, or whatever else I'm doing, I'm screwed. We are, we will not be around long, and I li- we're in a small city. The word will get around, and with Facebook, oof, they 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 you do something that they don't like within five minutes, they're writing a Facebook post somewhere, yeah. and it's it's going you know all over the place. So, it for us it starts and stops with them. I'm I'm so with you on this one, and this is, and this is a part of that trust bridge that I talked about in the introduction, the chasm. And, and here's the thing. I, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I do not, you know, as as a sort of, I couldn't afford. I started this business. I couldn't afford my house. I rented it out. I had a professional property manager take care of it, and I and I was looking for rental. I had a big German Shepherd, best dog ever, and I was so sick and tired of being treated as a second class citizen yep. by these by these property management companies and some landlords as well. It's yep. just like I. Like, dude, I, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I have the money, I have to hit credit history, you know, I'm a responsible person. Yeah, I have a couple of kids and, and and a big ass dog, but you know, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. I, I cannot be treated as a second class citizen because of this, and and you know, the way to talk down to you, it's just, and that's Bay Area, man. That's supposed to be yeah. progressive. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I want to say many bad, bad words right now about my, my, my experience. You know, looking trying to find out rental and to get my, mm-hmm. you know, my my family housed and my dog housed. Yep. But you know, it's it's good uh, it's good to have policies and systems in place. But it's also the empathy is, you know, you can say no in different ways, and and yep. if you say no, recommend something. You know, don't just yep. throw people out in the curb. Yeah, at the end of the day, you got to be helpful, right? If, if if something doesn't work, you know, provide them with an out, or you make sure you leave the conversation on a positive point because a 
social media today has changed the game, in my opinion, for us. Um, and, and if you live in a small community, the, just the word spreads fast. It just, you know, whether if it's through other tenants or through other property managers, it just, you know, negative attention gets, will, will go, will go around pretty quick. Yeah. So I worked for a company that serviced the same industry. Um, and I worked for two companies, one company, everybody talked about how, you know, how dumb this was, how, how clients don't understand anything, this and that. The second company I worked for, they're absolutely empathetic and it was all about the client. Yeah, we had these calls where people asked questions that we thought were, were not very, you know, insightful and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the customer was loved and the organization, yep. the two organizations are in completely different spaces right now. One yep. is an absolute winner, the other is, um, you know, kind of there. But, yep. um, yep. You, you know, without, let's get into the specifics. So, so let's, yep. you know, we both established, I think our audience understands too that empathy is good. But the question is, how do you start? So, you, you run this shop day to day, you're not a bad guy, you don't have a bad yep. team, but mm -hmm. it's just sort of, Everybody, you know, it's just the normal day to day. Where do you start, Tony? So, my my day starts pretty early. I'll kind of give you a picture of from let's say five a.m. to 10, 10 a.m. And this will encompass the balance component of my personal life and how it bleeds into my office life. So, I have a protocol, or you want to call a game that I play every day. Um, so, I'm up at five five thirty every morning. The first thing that I do is I'll work out and I drink a green smoothie. So I make sure that I get my greens in me. You know, I'm hydrated and I'm feeling good. I'll do about a 10, 15 minute sweat and then I go to the gym later on at night. Second thing that I do is, so that's, that's attacking my body. The next thing that I want to do is I'm going to write a text of appreciation to my kids or write them notes and put them in their lunch boxes and I'll send a note of appreciation to my girlfriend, letting her know how much I love her and how much I, you know, honor and respect her. The third thing I'll do is I'll meditate for 20 minutes and then I'll journal based on my meditation. Last thing I'll do is I'll study some material, usually property, property management related or sales and marketing, five, 10 minutes tops, and then I'll write out what were the lessons learned and then we call it study and declare. I'll take the declare part and usually I'll use social media, I'll use my PMology page or my Facebook page to say, listen, you know, reading this, and this is kind of what I learned from it. So it's kind of that whole concept of you learn and you try to apply it immediately. Um, so that's all done. I would call it like the morning power hour. Um, I get all that done. So if you can kind of step back, if you can get all that done before your kids are awake at 730, you're going to feel on fire. Like I just, got all the, I just got all this stuff accomplished, um, making deposits to my relationships with my wife and my kids, and I'm doing the work. Um, once that's done, get the kids ready to go, run to the office. Uh, we start our mornings every day with our morning huddle. So this is where myself and my staff, uh, we all get together and we review the previous day's activities. So it all starts with, okay, what were the rentals? What did we show? And what are the applications in place? So we go through all that. Uh, did we get any new notices, any new maintenance emergencies? And everybody through the room goes through and what is their number one item for the day? So if we're at the start of the month, maybe rent collection and deposits, checking arrears, my leasing agent, what has he got on schedule for the day, any good leads that he's working on, any pressure that I need to put on to him to, to get some certain units rented. Um, and then that way we're calibrated and we're ready to go for the day. 
everybody's on point, everybody knows what we're doing. And then throughout the day, that meeting alone, if I don't have it, my chat, my, my staff and my office is completely different. Like when I go on, way, on vacation, a lot of the time I'll call in and try to do the meetings depending on where I am. And even everybody says, including my partner, like the, the, the office is completely different from when you have the meetings and you don't have them because it's, you know, it's critical. And then we, we go on our day and do our stuff. Got you. How many employees do you have? Um, in my office here, we are about 20. And then got I got the two other locations that have their own set up. Gotcha. So how, what would you recommend? To, so I guess uh, the starting point. So, so Jim Quick is the brain. Um, I don't know if you know with the K, KWIK. I've been following That's, his podcast. I, I, just, I just subscribed to him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very interesting guy. I, I appreciate his um, his teachings, and he's probably as intense as you are in terms of routines. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the healthy brain routine, and a healthy brain routine yeah. basically just does. It, it's very similar to what you just did, what you just described. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of us though don't have that sort of a um, don't have that routine ingrained or, or experience. Where would you start? Like I, you know, because it sounds intimidating to me. It sounds like it does, man. Um, you know, that's just, you know, I'm just going to, yeah, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> this guy is good. I don't know if I want to be that good. Yeah, yeah, trust me. And on the best of days for me, too, it's 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 tough. Sometimes I get some of the stuff done at night. Um, we 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 score like all these these eight items that I do in the morning. They're all scored and we kind of make this game out of it. And at the end of the week, we track our results. Um, I would pick a few and get good at them. And what's maybe more important to you? So let's say we, we often say um, with I'm going to speak specifically with the men because that's what I know the best. Either you see a lot of guys that are killing it in business, killing it financially, they're doing well, but oftentimes their home lives and their bodies are suffering. Then you have the opposite side. You have men that are killing it in their bodies. They're healthy, they're fit, but they're broke, mm. right? So it's a matter of taking an assessment of yourself and being real with yourself and say, okay, where are my weaknesses? How is my body? Am I in shape? Am I going to the gym? No. Okay. Maybe. And I've been feeling, you know, a little sluggish. Well, maybe let's start there with something simple. Let's start by doing 10 minutes of burpees in the morning just to get a quick sweat. Uh, That's a start. If it's, if you're having some issues with your relationships, Maybe you start sending a text of appreciation to your wife every morning before you leave, right? It can, it, small little increments. You start small, and then you can build on it as you go because once it becomes a routine, then you, just, you no longer think about it. So you can keep on adding on. So yeah. that's where I'd, I'd, I'd pick where, where you're weakest and where you think you're going to have the biggest bang for your buck, the most value. I'd start there. But it is what we do is a lot. I'd pick one or two. Yeah, got it, got it. So we'll, we'll come back to this in just a second and explore the empathy part and centering your team. Um, I think that would be an interesting topic that I, I'd actually want to uh, pick some um, yeah. wisdom uh, points from you on this one. But let me talk about my, my sponsor first. And, you know, NARPA made this podcast possible. And, you know, they're, they're, they're really the best organ. I don't know. If you, do you have something comparable in Canada? We are. Unfortunately, no. I wish, I wish we did, but we're in, we do not. Mm. Narpum leadership. 
you know, think yep. about expanding to Canada. Um, yes. So that's, but so, so with not, 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 you know, as being as an association is great and, and there's a lot of relationship building and, and knowledge sharing and stuff like that. But specifically what I really uh, think is the, the key value proposition for NARPM is their RMP and MPM designations. Specifically, you know, most people I know who are MPM, master property manager, who have gotten to that level, which is hard to do. You have to submit paperwork. It's, you know, you have to get your RMP first, residential management management professional, then only apply for MPM, and then it's going to take you some time to get it. But once you get it, by the time you get it, you've built your business to a point of, of, of significant success. And and, and and this will make a huge impact in your career and you know your employees, your your family, everybody else. So it, it doesn't cost very much. It takes some effort, but what you'll get is is you know a lot of coaching. You'll discover new revenue streams. You'll build support a support network. You'll discover amazing deep friendships um, that will stay with you for life. Guys, don't you know don't don't wait you know anymore. Go to go to narpum.org. I know most of my listeners want to do it. Very few actually do. Now is the time to do it. Go to narpom.org, click on education, look at the RMP and MPM designations, apply, and start yourself on a path of higher education, higher satisfaction with your job, you know, friendships, networking, and all the stuff I mentioned. Yeah. So, um, with that, let's move into the, the the balancing your team. So. You've got a great routine. Now you've brought yourself in, sort of centered yourself, and now you're confident, you're calm, you're deliberate, you read and educate yourself every morning. You have you come in with good ideas. Um, do you do do you help your employees get there somehow? Yes, I try to. So some of the programs that that I've been following over the years, um, I always try to bring that and make it relevant to my staff. Sometimes it's a bit. Uh, some of the stuff that I that I follow um, is a bit over the top and aggressive for probably most. Yeah. Um, so I have to tone it down to bring it because uh, all my office staff, um, it's all ladies. Um, so I tone it to where, and I know them all very well. So I try to help them with you know some some whether some tips or some things uh, that they could possibly apply within their lives. Um, I'm a huge, uh, fitness guy. I was a, you know, competitive bodybuilder for like 10 years. So health and nutrition to me is probably one of the, if not the most important things in my life. If, if I don't work out for a day, I kind of go crazy. So, um, I try to, you know, we, ha- we often have discussions in the office about, you know, going to the gym, doing this, staying active, eating properly. Um, and the same things, you know, we talk about outside stuff as well in terms of relationships with our loved ones, with our, we all have kids here. Um, so it's important to have these real type conversations. Um, I'm not as scared to, 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 to keep things at that superficial level. I'll ask, you know, deep questions cause I care about them. Mm, asking deep questions. I'll, I like that. I like that. What other activities do you do with your team? Do you have any sort of uh, so you do the huddle in the morning. That really sets yep. the tone for the day. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody's on the yep. same page. That really centers everybody. Great. What else do you yep. do? Um, so we probably are Thursday, uh, Friday afternoon. So we our hours are such that uh, our office opens. Uh, we're 830 to 4.30. The office only opens at 930. So I give my staff an hour to kind of catch up on paperwork, phone calls. And then we have our huddles. 
Friday afternoons, we close at one again to catch up on paperwork and any weekly training sessions that we want to do. So stuff like uh, DocuSign, you know, if we're going to be doing leases online, um, whether if we're going to be looking at a new inspection software uh, to do, whether if we're going to look at any type of efficiencies, um, focus and plan for the week for the for the next week. You know, that's a big component. The management industry and anybody that's listening to this will know that we, we're a cyclical business. We're, we're a, a business that runs. It's the same thing month and month and month. So every week we typically know exactly what's going on and what needs to be done. Uh, the stressful part is the stuff that you didn't know was going to pop up and just kind of falls on your lap. So, again, we try to prepare as much as possible in terms of you know having our paperwork in place um, and everything ready for the week coming ahead. So Friday afternoons for us is a critical time to somewhat decompress and kind of get things wrapped up from the week and focus on, okay, what's what's going on next week? Well, I know um, we got to get all our move outs done by the 7th. So all that has to be done and we have to bring in our, you know, if we're going to make any claims against any deposits, we got to get that all ready for, for this date. So that's the focus of the week and we kind of break it up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you uh, do you, you you talked a little bit about about gamification? What is yes. that? How does that translate in, into day to day stuff for you? So the ga- the gamification part, there's two components uh, in terms of how I do it. So um, the first component is those eight things that I do in the morning. So in our protocol, we call it core four. So I have four major areas, and I do two things in each one. So theoretically, I can get eight points. I know four points per day. So the goal for me is to get uh, 28 points at the end of the week. That means that I've gotten, every day I've gotten my points. So every Sunday night, I review my week, and it's like we call it 28 or die. It's like you got to get your 28 points. And if you didn't, what happened? How do you need to course correct for the following week? The other area that we do is what we call a key four. So these are, this is strictly business. So every week, Sunday nights usually, or sometimes Monday mornings if I can't get, get it done on Sunday, I plan out the four major tasks that I need to accomplish that week in order to hit my 90-day target. So if I'm looking to increase revenue by 50000 in the next three months, well, I should have a 30-day benchmark, a 60-day benchmark, and a 90-day goal. So each month, each week is broken into what we call these key four items. So that again, as another game, at the end of the week, I need to hit my, my key four. So I need to have those four items done. If I didn't, why? How do I course correct? And what do I got to do the week after to recover? And again, those are same tactics um, that we try to employ here at the office as well with the employees. These are all things that you can go very high level, but you can also keep it low level and, and somewhat keep it you know, fun and simple. And it keeps people accountable. It's pretty amazing, man. I think I trust you with my property. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the, our, our game is all about accountability. If I can't, you know, there's, there's so many little things that kind of move around in our office in a day. And I'm sure it's like that with every property manager out there. If you don't have any self-accountability on your staff, like you're screwed. You, you, you're just going to be in a, in a world of hurt. Yeah. Um, and, and, and putting these little things in place that, People can have their own accountability, and I don't have to babysit every task. I don't have time. So gamification and gamifying, and then you can take it a step further. You take this gamification and you tie that into compensation, right? Okay, if you're not hitting your your your, your you know your core four, your key four, 
you, you know, you, you, it's, it's not going well, right? So. Interesting. Yeah. So, so how do you, um, the latest, the latest conversations I've been having with a lot of friends, and we just came back from a mastermind in Puerto Vallarta. Um, mm, nice. And yeah, it was really, 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 really good. I mean, we, we yeah. learned a lot and it was in depth. Um, but um, the question that came and came out, it sort of came out sideways. Um, you know, we talked about the financials, we talked about the marketing, we talked about the growth and recruiting came up um, like, mm. hey, it's hard to find good people. And, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I feel like, OK, um, I don't have. Well, so we. we recruiting and team and culture is like at the forefront of my company this is this is number one customer number two mm -hmm. in investor number three <laughs> that's yeah. that's sort of my men mental mindset uh so yeah. we put a lot of effort but but i could see where small businesses challenge you know is a challenge with recruiting because uh, somebody i just had this podcast with another uh with, with very interesting uh, a couple of guys and they said you know you end up people find you end up finding people who need the job, and it's just sort of a, it's sort of a, uh, um, they're just, they're just going to the motions. They they need this this income. Uh, they're not really aspired to uh, make this a career. You know, become investor themselves. Blah blah. They just need this sort of a uh, uh, income, and you know, when they find something better, they move on to that to, to that better place. So, how do you how do you treat rec recruitment, Tony? What do you do? It's, 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 it's really tough. Um, we've, I'd say in the last seven years, we've had probably about three or four turnover. Um, our maintenance division, we still have our, all of our original guys, except for one, he passed away. Our office staff has been with us for five, six years. Um, so our, we're actually hiring for a maintenance guy right now. Our philosophy with our recruiting is we, we always, always try to go for, you know, a, a warm lead or referral from somebody that we know. Um, we try to explain them. So if I'm looking for a property manager versus a maintenance guy, it's a bit different. Maintenance is a little bit easier. But on the property management side, it is extremely difficult because there is not a lot to choose from, especially if you're in a small city. Um, you have people that have maybe heard about it or they've been a resident manager, um, but they've never really been put in a position of handling a portfolio. Um, you know, some of the key traits that we look for, obviously you're looking for somebody that is a self-starter, they're honest, they're reliable, organized. They know how to talk to people. Um, I can't say enough about the simple things in terms of customer service. Um, so we've come to a point to where we go out and actively seek people that are already succeeding and that we know and we try to get them you know hopefully we can lure them away from wherever they are um if we have something better to offer them but it's it's a challenge it it really is do you have internship program no why no. not um it's a good question i don't know we've never we've never even brought in uh, a summer student in terms of helping out um, as much as the staff has asked me a number of times, um, I don't know. I've never even never even crossed our mind to be honest. Check out episode thirty-one. I think you might be. Uh, it, we get in depth. Uh, these yeah? couple of guys are pretty. Uh, they impressed me with their. Uh, they're all about building culture and 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 and, and team. And they have this interesting. In, in, excuse me. Interesting take on the internship programs and building out. 
And so their concept is, is essentially, we want to bring people who want to learn this business to become real estate investors. That's the kind of talent they're looking for because these guys are, you know, a lot more hungrier. They're they're more interested. They're learning. They want to get better. So they eventually yeah. want to become successful real estate investors. And for them to, this is a first step. It's and a they, step, yeah. yeah, and they even say, "Hey, learn how to become an investor on my dollar. Like I'll pay yeah. you to work here to learn how to do it." So that that was an interesting That's concept. A great point. That's a great point. That's the one that was titled uh, "How to Recruit Like a Tech Company." Right? Yes, or yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Exactly. All right, I didn't get that one yet. I will certainly listen to it. Yeah, we just published it yesterday. Okay. And obviously, we record. We have a few of those uh, episodes in the can. Um, yep. l- l- let me, uh, Tony. Let me jump and talk about my second sponsor, which is going to be. Um, this is the first one. I'm, a time I'm going to introduce this sponsor, and this is not. Um, <laughs> well, it, it came out of the necessity. It came out of. Uh, um, here's so. Let me just get into this. Um, in my opinion, no, not in my opinion. In in reality, every small business underspends on marketing. Fact, you know, yeah. and and you know most want to grow, and mo- you know most successful companies like I work with, you know, they spend like three percent, two to two and a half, three percent, four percent. There's outliers that spend ten percent, you know, and they have some to show for it. But a lot of times, it's 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 closer to two to three, and you know most want to grow. But I think the biggest fear is making mistake with a, with a, with their money with the budget because there's a lot of brouhaha out there and you know mm-hmm. I'll call this you know a high octane marketing individual um, short homie um, uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> homie's screaming like homies is screaming at you and and it costs you know it, it could potentially cost a business uh, thousands hundreds of thousands of opportunity but I'm talking about not spending. The money on marketing and like i have a small example here you know company let's say company a spends fifty thousand on marketing gets 70 new properties over the course of the year company b spends twenty thousand on marketing and they get 30 only 30 new properties or uh the course of the year and the difference is the pure difference take the cost of marketing out is hundred thousand dollars in annual contract value acv that you lose that year hundred grand but you know the problem is not that people don't want to spend the 50 grand because if you were guaranteed 70 units you'll spend 50 grand like yeah. no question about it the problem is again there are no true not, no true guarantees out there only screaming homies right and they talk about all those different things that they can do for you and you probably already made a few mistakes um don't want to make any more so the, it's too fragmented it's too complicated too loud too risky and so i've decided to do something about it right i've decided to actually Put together a win-win comprehensive CMO level strategic consulting. What I found is, you know, and I had spent half a day with my CPA, and I got so much out of it. And, and the CPA goes, Alex, why aren't you doing this for your clients? And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's that's what I should do. So mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a full day sort of a, a CMO strategic level consult- consulting, you know, marketing plan with execution blueprint, unit economics modeling, so the financial side of things with KPIs and forecasting and fee structure modeling and, and competitive analysis. We're gonna do sales process development and training resources for that sales process to get your salespeople or BDMs um, online and operational and 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 successful. You know, we're gonna do pre full on pre-sale customer experience review and strategy. You know, because the customer experience and the trust starts on the pre-sale basis. And that's oh. sort of what we're gonna yeah, what we're gonna talk about. So uh, guys, if you're interested in something like this, email me alex at four and I'll send you a 
uh, a form to apply, kind of an intake form to really figure out where you are and do you really need it? Because if you don't need it, you don't need it. It's five grand plus travel, not cheap. My time is not cheap, but I will invest everything and make this a pivotal, pivotal decision for your business. So give it a thought. Email me, alex if you have any questions. Um, let's get back into it, Tony. Uh, so, yeah, you said something. Um, um, you were sort of, as I was talking about this, this sort of one-on-one consulting thing, you were like, I felt there were some emotions coming out of you. What do you think? I mean, you've done this. Um, you talked to me about this warrior. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 what is it? Community you belong to. Training. Yeah. 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 So, so do you believe in this sort of in-depth one-on-one coaching consulting sessions? Because I used to not. I used to not believe believe in those. Oh my God. My so before 2000, 2013, I had never probably 2012. I had never read a personal development book. Um, my day-to-day work and study was computers, computers, computers. All I did and think was my software job and I lived and breathed it. Um, in 2012, I start to have, uh, some marital issues and I started questioning everything. And I was introduced to a book, um, uh, from Robin Sharma, the monk who sold his Ferrari. And the monk that- who sold his Ferrari, that's the book name. Yep. The monk okay. who sold his Ferrari. Cool. And, uh, the book, changed my life. It changed the path and the course of my life forever. Um, it was that impactful because it wasn't necessarily the content of the book. It was the actions that it made me do after I read the book. I started reading that and then I just got kind of into the whole personal development world and um, found uh, a warrior, which is a program that I'm still part of today after almost four years. And my life has gone from how Tony used to be four or five years ago to the new Tony. And I plan there to be a different version of Tony next year. Um, we live in a world that I don't think we can do it and figure it out all alone. You need people out there to push you and to make you think differently. I've, I thought the same way and I thought I had the same stories in my mind for years until I finally had somebody to sit in front of me and to challenge me and to, you know, to open me up and to, to think differently, to push. And I think for most people out there, even professional athletes or, or whatever the case may be, you need somebody out there. You need a coach. You need somebody to kind of push you through these, these things. I went from a business that had – I remember when I first went into Warrior, we had our first location here in Moncton. We were, we were doing well. We probably had a – seven or 800 units at the time. And Garrett, you know, he, he challenged me. One of my is the founder of, of Warrior, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, Garrett yeah. is the founder of the Warrior and still runs it today. You know, one of my, one of my physical challenges was to write, was to run half a marathon. He looked at me and laughed and he says, no, you're going to run a full marathon. Eight weeks later, I ran a full marathon. And the business challenge was like, he goes, why are you wasting your time just building your business in, in Moncton in the one city? Why don't you run it? Why don't you take over the country? I'm like shit. <laughs> that sounds cool. I never thought of yeah, that. Yeah, why not? Right? Yeah. And then ever since he told me that, I've opened up a new location in a, in a different province for the last three years. That wasn't even in my mind. I just wanted a nice, cool business here in Moncton, make some good money, impact some people, and and live my life. I'm on a whole new trajectory now, completely different. So for me, it was all about 
for me, it was I'm, I'm, I'm an only child, so being part of a of, of a culture and an environment of men, this is a kind of a men's only thing that go through similar issues. I'm a single father. I have two kids. Went through a separation. Um, so we're all guys that go through these similar pains. So it's people that I can connect with and that I can share stories and and not be afraid to to kind of talk about that type of stuff. Yeah. So I I think you know I was so skeptical towards the 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 coaching you know uh, i thought all that that whole industry was made to to prey oh. on, on 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 successful people right to to deprive them of their success and their dollars um and that, that, that was such a that was such a cancerous mindset uh yeah. that was not good and 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 so you know jason goldberg is my coach and and he's sort of disillusioned me uh i mean awesome. just yeah just cut yeah. me off of that dumb yeah. uh and and then since you know and i've grown since i've grown significantly since and be, even before jason you know i had uh, you know my coach was was the podcast yeah. right i i i you know andrew warner you know uh jim quick is he, he, he was a guest in many podcasts just started his but y'all you know, listen to his stuff um i really like i know you you might like this actually uh so i listened to jordan harbinger and he's um the art of charm you gotta oh, yeah, check yeah. that I out. Heard, I, I heard, I listened to, I heard of him and uh, the other guy, Jason, from your podcast. I listened to them both. Yeah, Jason Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, these guys. There's plenty of others. There's just tons and tons of others. But um, there's probably another four or five I subscribe to. And yep. so, you know, this was my guiding light, right? I, 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 you know, the information I get out of the podcast is just what got me moving and thinking about things. And and so you, so you, you have your morning routine. I have my sort of you know, audio routine. So when I at home while investing in the family, while washing dishes, so every day I clean up and like, so the family eats, you know, and, and, and my wife Marina takes the kids upstairs to sleep. I clean up. So my job is to, to, that's my job too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. So this is when I self, I invest in family by actually doing work, right. Yep. Uh, by doing the, the woman's work, right. Yep. So to speak. Right. But uh, yep. you know, I'm sharing, right. Mm-hmm. Sharing. So I don't, I, I don't do laundry, but I do cleanups. I, I do cooking and cleanup after the cooking. Yep. So, you know, and I, when I do that, I, I listen to these podcasts and, but the next step, when I've taken the next step and actually hired, um, and brought somebody in for our whole leadership team here and, and myself, uh, the impact is just, ah, oh, man, it's, Oh, yeah. It's just inspiring. So anyway, I'm going to continue to do that, and I recommend Good. all of our listeners to do it. We're out of time. Any other, any f- few other words of wisdom? Have you saved any sort of a advice for? To close? I think, I, I think as as property managers, we we all need to do ourselves a favor and to give ourselves a break and give ourselves permission to live a great balanced life. I think that we are in one of the best industries there is out there. I know sometimes it can look and feel the opposite, but I truly feel that we are part of one of the one of the best industries out there and probably one of the best kept secrets as far as I'm concerned. Sure. There's not a lot there's not a lot of stuff out there on property management. We are still way way under the radar. This is a time for us to 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 really step back and take a look at ourselves and we're professionals. What we do matters. It's like the, the real estate agents, they get all the, the glory and often a lot more of the money, and they do one hundredth of the work that we do. We know that. I think our day will come. I think property management is becoming more and more mainstream. You're seeing it in a lot more places. 
And I think in order for us to get to that next level, we have to be pros. Being a pro does not mean that you can be a fat slob and out of shape and, you know, always divorced and always having these issues. You got to be on point with everything in your life, you know. Make sure that you're you're healthy because you owe it to your owners, your tenants, your staff, right? Not only to yourself, but I think that we have to have more accountability within ourselves. And then that will drive the accountability with our staff members and our owners, and it's just going to go all the way down the line. It's like you said, it starts at top. How I carry myself, my staff sees, like they bring in a cake. It's like the big joke. They bring in a cake at somebody's birthday, and they all make fun of me because they know I won't eat it. <laughs> like no I you know it's just I'm I'm really really strict and kind of anal about stuff like that but it it they they see it I know it impacts them to some degree right so that's 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 where I think it's at yeah I've never listened to my father uh and I do everything he says I ended <laughs> up doing everything he said yeah. it's just yeah. weird you know, it's, it's subliminal, right? It's there. Yep. Leadership. Yep. Um, all right, Tony, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, and uh, I hope we've moved our listeners or somebody or few of them or most of them. A lot of them are like you, actually. A lot of people are very, very much structured and, and physically fit and, and mindful like yourself. I'm still striving there. I'm still going there. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people more in my category. We, 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 sort of, yep. we sort of want to push that way. So I appreciate yep. the wisdom and the feedback and the advice. Thanks, and, Alex. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Take care, man. Thanks so much.